are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We're in the book today of Acts chapter 27. Acts in chapter number 27. And if you can get your Bibles, get ready there. I, I wish we were all together where I could see you all stand in the cars. I don't expect you to stand. But I, I'd like in a moment you get to 27 and I'll ask you to stand in the tents. And uh, the text before us deserves an explanation. And I hope that as you read it, you can see what's happening. The Apostle Paul, you know, is now uh, traveling and he is going to be incarcerated, tried, and his head is going to come from his body, 2 Timothy chapter 4. And he said, the time of my departure is at hand. I know I'm going to die. I'm ready. I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Paul was not living on the losing side. He was living on the winning side. He's in this ship, and he told them that, we, I don't think we should do this. But they did, and as they were in the ship, Eurachlodon, and that was a uh, wind that would come up on those shores of those, those, that sea, and it would tear the ships apart. And, and, and the apostle Paul said of that, we, we ought to lighten the ship. We ought to get rid of some things. So many lessons in our Christian life. We ought to get rid of some things in 2021. Things that hinder our progress for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll guarantee you that. And then he said, I want you to know something else. We're going to all be okay. We'll be okay. Though the ship is being tossed to and fro, we're going to be okay. Now, I'm not a prophet of God, but I'm going to tell you, children of God, we're going to be okay. Stop, stop the worry. Stop the fret. Or it's going to be all right. God did not slip up with the election. God did not slip up with COVID. God's not having these things happen. He said, oh boy, I, I, was, I, I was going on a vacation. I forgot what I was supposed to do down there on planet Earth. God has seen this before the beginning of time. It's going to be okay. You can settle down. You don't have to get so worked up. Settle down. God is in control, not you and not me. Well, they didn't listen. And he said, I want to tell you something. There stood by me the angel of the Lord. Now, I don't have the angel of the Lord that stands by me that I see nowadays. But I tell you what, the Holy Spirit of God, he's in this heart of mine. And he has taught me and given me so many wonderful things through these last, this last year that he, he said, uh, you don't have to fear. I want you to see verse 25. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. Will you say that? For I believe God. Would you say it in the cars? For I believe God. Let's stand together, shall we? And let's read through verse 26. We'll begin in verse 14, chapter 27, verses 14 through 26 today. Ready, begin. 
But not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Claudia, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand, straight sail, and so were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with the tempest, the next day lightened the ship. The third day we cast out our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars nor many days appeared, no tempest lay upon us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall not be any loss of any man's life among but the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whom I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that are sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be as it was told me, how be it we must be cast upon a certain island. In other words, I believe God, we're gonna come through this. We may have to go through some tribulation first. We may have to go through mask and social distancing and, uh, and out in the tents, but I still believe God. I believe God's not done with the North Valley Baptist Church, and I don't believe God's done with California, I don't believe God's done with America, and I don't believe God's done with the cause of Christ worldwide on the mission field. I truly stand before you, not with hype, not with psychology, I truly believe God. I believe God. I believe God more than the presidency. I believe God more than the health directors. I believe God more than the, the, the uh, governors of the states. I believe God more than the House of Representatives, the Supreme Court, the Senate. I believe God. I believe God more than the economy. I just believe God's not done. And I believe God's in control. Let's bow for prayer. Our Father, today, I pray that we would leave here today determined that we can believe Thee. God, thou, thou knowest all things, and nothing is too hard for thee. And I pray that in these days, that for many are very difficult days, I pray that we'd see the hand of an almighty God doing great things. Lord, as I reflect back on 2020, some of the record areas of our church are set. We've never had a general fund, our missions fund, like we did last year, highest ever. We've had the highest debt retirement to the mortgage last year in the midst of the shutdown. We accomplished the finishing of 400 churches, the pastor's salary paid for a year, a building built in the Philippines. 400 churches are assembled together today. Every church met this morning, yesterday I guess it was, on Sunday, and I thank you for it. I thank you for all the, the things you've done. Every person in our city received a copy of the word of God. And again this week, letters again from our city thanking us for coming by and bringing a Bible. What a day this has been. What a year this has been. And we praise you for it because I know, God, you are purging the church and cleaning the church and helping the church. Bless this message, we pray with thy power. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. Thank you for standing so long. 
I find that many, many Christians don't want to be, but they find themselves discouraged in this moment which we live. They're discouraged about the election. They're discouraged about COVID. They're discouraged about the shutdowns and lockdowns. And, and you know what? I, I, I truly understand that. I do understand it. I don't want to be careless and say, well, just get over it. There is much fear with so many people. There is, God's people as well. There is discouragement with some of God's people. There is the feeling of hopelessness with some of God's people. There is the feeling of surrender. And, and I want you to know as a pastor, God bless you, I totally understand it. I think if we're to be honest with ourselves, all of us have had those ups and downs in the last over 300 days. There have been so, so many times I felt so bold in the Lord, I think I could, I don't mean this sacrilegious, I felt like I could charge hell with a squirt gun. And sometimes I felt so very low and I'm thinking, my goodness, is there any hope in this situation? I, I, I have personal uh, situations in my own heart that I still have to deal with and so do you. And. I, you would not be human if you did not have some concerns. Perhaps you look at your little children and you tuck them in bed at night and you have concerns about their future. And I understand that. Perhaps you have concern about you've lost your job or you shut your business down. And I understand that. But I want you to know, I don't think it's wise to voice a lot of concerns unless you voice them this way. I don't believe, I, 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 I want to challenge, don't voice your struggles don't verbalize your struggles to one another. Don't do that. I'd suggest don't text your struggles to one another. Don't Facebook your struggles to one another. Today, I am enjoying in my personal life for many, many months now such great optimism. I'm enjoying such great hope. I'm enjoying personally living on the victory winning side. And you know, the, the, the deeper we get into all this, almost every day my life gets derailed. But I'm so confident in God. I'm just confident nothing's gonna touch us that he doesn't know about. And all things work together for good. The scriptures have been so alive in my heart because I've had to claim them. I had to give up, I had to in my own life in October give up the radio talk radio and conservative radio and I've had to give up all the television program and I had to give up all the news. It's it just most of it's lies and it's just it just depresses me. It discourages me. I don't want to live a moment depressed. And so I have given those things up. I'm not saying I'm a better Christian than you, but it's an amazing thing how this becomes so more real and so much more real in my life, the word of God, than all the news media does. You say, well how do you know what's going on? I listen to you. I hear people say things. I, I think I know what's going on. I think America's coming to close according to people on Facebook. I believe the best days are over, but I don't believe that. I still believe the best are yet still to come. We are living so close to the rapture, we may be the generation that sees the rapture. We may be coming back here in seven years and one day to rule and reign with the Lord Jesus Christ. That means the rapture will have occurred and we're on the other side 
and the tribulation begins here for seven years and we have the marriage supper of the Lamb and the beam of seat judgment, judgment seat of Christ in heaven and then we're coming back to rule and reign with Christ for one thousand years on planet earth. Hey friends, it's all okay. I believe God. You say, well, I, I don't, the prognosis with the doctor is not good and the prognosis of my job is not good, but God knows that. I believe God. I believe that we are ripe, perhaps like no other generation for revival. Brother Cooper, you've crossed, crisscrossed this country for so many years. You've been in revival meetings every week of your life. Probably could speak with more authority than I can with this. But I tell you what, America has to get down. The church has to get low and in the gutter so we can look up and say, God, will you please heal our land? Will you please heal my life? Will you please heal our church? Yes, I think revival, if the Lord carries, revival could be maybe today. It may be right around the corner. It may be Wednesday night when we're here preaching on the rapture. It may be this week. It may be this semester. It may be this year. But Jesus is coming again. But until that time, there just might be revival. For he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. One more sweeping wave of revival so that people could come to know Christ as Savior. Do you remember the children of Israel? The children of Israel continually for 430 years got themselves in a mess. And they forsook God. And when they forsook God, they always did the same thing. They bowed their knee and cried unto the Lord. And when the children of the Lord uh, uh, bowed their knee and cried unto the Lord, God always sent a deliverer. God sent a Gideon. God sent a Samson. God always sent a, lead, a person to lead them back to God. And they came back to God and they broke down the altars. And revival took place. Perhaps we're at that point if we just sought the face of God and, and really beseech the throne. And if my people, which are called by my name, would just simply humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn, turn, turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven, will heal their land. God could still heal this country. God could still fill these churches again. We build these great church edifices, these big buildings, and by and large, prior to COVID, they sat empty all the time. Most churches were open for a one hour on Sunday morning, did a little social thing, how they could go give more food to the community and uh, be active in their community, and that was the extent of it. Buildings have been sitting empty for a year, but they've been sitting empty for years because there's not a lot of preaching and singing and revival and witnessing and tears of repentance getting right with God in America's churches. We have more church buildings than any other country in the world but they're empty. We need revival. And if we can get low enough, if we can get low enough before God, if we can get down in the gutter low enough and say, Lord, we're such a needy people. We look at the results of the election and we fear. But if you fear over the election, I want you to understand 2 Timothy 1, 7, God hath not given us the spirit of fear. That fear did not come from God. Well, what if we get, well, what if we get this president and we get this president? What's gonna happen? The same thing that happened in the 14 presidents in my lifetime. Most were corrupt. 
Most have not been good. I have a picture in my office with one of the presidents. I met for a couple hours with him with about 60 people or so. I sat right six feet away from him. But do you know the Lord, I know, I know about that man. His whole life discourages me. I'm taking his picture off my wall. I don't want his picture hanging there. But you were in the presence of the President of the United States of America. Yeah, but I have no desire to look to the President of the United States of America in my office. I want to look unto Jesus. God is the only one that can get us out of this mess. God's not giving us the spirit of fear. I'll tell you what has, Facebook. I like what one preacher said, it's about time we get our face in the book. Facebook will by and large mostly discourage, not encourage. Because most of it's not truth. This is all truth. You can count on it, God never lied to us. What gives us the spirit of fear? Facebook, what gives us the spirit of fear? Conservatism, when we're just, you know, there's something, there's conspiracy, all these things. What gives us the spirit of fear? CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, all those different stations, whatever they all, Fox News included. They all give this spirit of fear. They give this spirit of hopelessness. They give you the spirit that it can't be done, it won't be done, but fear is from the flesh, it's not from the Father. Today I'm gonna to ask you, please don't give up on God. Please do not give up on God. I believe God, oh I want Brother Martinez and Brooke to sing that with her ukulele so much this morning. I believe God, oh I do believe God. I believe God can do anything. As a boy in Sunday school, we would learn the song, you learn a little chorus. God can do anything, anything. Anything God can do, anything but fail. A little off key there, but that's okay. He can save, he can keep, he can cleanse any will. God can do anything but fail. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning, he's the end. He's the fairest of 10,000 to the soul. Oh, God can do anything. God can do anything but fail. Government is not our answer. God is our answer. Governments come, governments go. Did you ever hear of a man by the name of Mar Karl Marx who commits suicide? Karl Marx has come and he's gone. Oh, he put the squeeze on people and would not let them live their lives. But Karl Marx is gone and Stalin is gone and Mussolini is gone and Khrushchev is gone and Saddam Hussein is gone. But I want you to tell you this, he's still on the throne. God is in control, not Hitler, not Mussolini. Never give up on God. I believe God. Why do I believe God? Because God just spoke one day and creation came. The hills, the mountains, the waters, the trees, the sun, the moon, the stars, the clouds, the fish, the cattle, God, by just speaking, in six days created it. Well, then why cannot God take care of you? And why cannot, if he, well, we don't believe that God. Well, I believe God created this world. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. By the way, if God could create this world, 
God can take care of you. I believe that. If God could have a man say, take your son, your only son, and offer him upon Mount Moriah, Genesis 22, and he laid him on the altar, and the boy said, Dad, here's the altar. There's the fire. But where's the lamb? And he laid that 13-year-old boy on the altar, and he took that knife as God had commanded him, and said, God will provide. And there was a ram caught in the thicket, and God came through, and God provided a lamb. And in the New Testament, John 1, 29, behold the lamb of God that cometh to take away the sin of the world. Here's a boy. Oh, he was a good boy. He was 17 years of age. Just a wonderful teenager. His dad was so proud of him and loved him so much. They said, son, your 10 brothers, I want you to go take them these, these things here and go visit them. They're away from home right now. He went to go see them. They said, the dreamer, oh, they hated him, the Bible said. Joseph hated them. They hated their brother. One reason we need revival because of the hatred in homes. Some won't let grandparents even talk to the grandkids. Some will not talk to their mother or their father, their sons or their daughters. Some are so angry with one another, they've destroyed the home. That boy came and his brothers took him and stripped that coat off of him, the coat of many colors. They dipped it in blood. They threw him in a pit. They sold him for 20 pieces of silver to the Midianites. He went from there and he went to eventually Potiphar's house. After he went from the pit, he went to the palace and at the palace, Potiphar's wife lied about him, said he came to defile me and Potiphar got so mad at him, he sent him from the, to the prison. And in the prison while I was there, he uh, was able to uh, announce what a dream was for the butler and the baker. And the butler died and the baker was set free. And the baker said, I promise you I'll remember your name before, uh, before the magistrates, but he never did. There he was in the prison. There he was in the palace. There he was in the pit. There he was rejected by his brothers, but God was weaving a plan. They needed to get this man Joseph to be second in command because one day there's gonna be a famine in Israel and God had to send this boy away for over 20 some years to be there, hadn't seen his brothers and his brothers came begging for bread to their own brother. They didn't know it was his brother and he set him in order. Reuben, you're the eldest, you go first, you sit here. And then he said, Simeon, you're here. Judah, you're here. And went through the line where they all sit. They looked at one another and marveled. How did he know our ages? How did he know these things? But God sent him there, the Bible says, to nourish his own family. Do you think that COVID has anything on that experience that Joseph had? The hopelessness for a, a week, for a month, for a year, for 10 years, for 20 years and beyond. It just seemed like there he is. I wonder about my dad, is he still alive? I wonder about my brothers, are they still alive? I wonder what's happening with my family, what's going on? I wonder what's going on back home. But it was away from home and there he was in Egypt and God raised him up to be second in command. God knew what he was doing. I believe God. I believe God. When Moses was raised up at age 80 to go to Egypt, and say to Pharaoh, let my people go. And the contest began, and there was hail. And then the contest with the frogs and the 
the flies and the lice and the darkness. And eventually the firstborn were slaughtered that night. God said, well, I see the, the blood on the post of the entry of your home. I'll pass over you. And the Israelites did not have a child that was slaughtered. But even firstborn of all cattle and beasts died that night. And in Pharaoh's home, they died that night. And every Egyptian had a home of someone that died that night. And he said, go ahead and go. Don't you think after hard brick bondage and all those years working under Pharaoh and all the ridicule that they went through, don't you think there was a God in heaven that knew all that was gonna happen and all the result of this eventually? I believe God, if God can redeem the child of Israel, children of Israel, God could take care of us. He opened up a Red Sea at Paharatha. When it was there, they were trapped. They could not get through. And God said, let me just open it up. And he spread those waters back. I believe God. I believe God is able. I believe God is stronger than COVID. And I believe God is stronger than the election. God used a man by the name of Gideon. And Gideon was uh, from the household of Manasseh. And Gideon was the least of his family. And there he was as just a poor boy sitting on the poorest of the poor. But God says, I want to use you. I'm going to use you with 300 men. And I'm going to win a victory. And God won a victory at the Midianites with 300 soldiers. Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. Now come and command the people. And he began to command the people. He said, there are many cities to be conquered. We're going to start with Jericho. I don't want you to say a word. But I want you to get the Israelites to go around that city of Jericho one time. Don't talk. Don't talk. I know they weren't Baptist. Baptists could not walk around a city of that size without talking. But they were walking around and they were silenced. The next day they did it again. The next day on the seventh day they did it seven times. And the walls came tumbling down. I believe God. God, through his word, keeps giving us illustration. Hey, little boy, I need that big giant, nine foot six, to be killed. And he got a little sling, and he got five stones because Goliath had four brothers. And Goliath made five. He wanted to get the job done. And can you imagine that little boy throwing that sling and throwing that rock and letting it go? And our Lord directed that. This big giant of a man had a helmet on, but right here, it was open. And that rock, God Almighty directed that rock as it came, and bullseye right exactly, and the giant fell down. Don't tell me that God cannot win a victory over COVID. Don't tell me that God can't win a victory over Joe Biden or Donald Trump or whoever that's in the presidency. Do you remember that God said, I want to feed you every day for 40 years. And every day he ran down, rained down manna from heaven except once a week when they were to worship God that day. Don't you remember for 40 years God had a pillar of day, of a cloud by day to keep them cool and fire by night to keep them warm and God warm. And God did that for 40 years. Don't you remember in 2 Samuel chapter 5 where the, the Philistines, they came and invaded and they won a battle and they came back again and they said, let's go for battle too. And, and, and they said, what do we do? And God says, you go face them and I'll move the mulberry trees. 
The tops of the mulberry trees are gonna start going back and forth. And those Philistines are gonna afraid because God, he blew. And as he blew that day, the mulberry trees began. And those Philistines said, what's, what's happening? We're being invaded. And a great victory was won when God blew on the mulberry trees. I believe God. I'm not giving up on God. I think of how that they needed quail and God provided quail. I think of those lepers that wanted to get in this city and they could not. One day they said, let's just go in. And God miraculously, those Syrians fled their city because they heard the noise of chariots. I, I know there's chariots, they're coming, they're coming. And they, the city, they ran out. And these lepers, five of them, they walk in. As they walk in the city, they got everything they wanted. They had the keys to the city. No one was there. They said, we do not good. We must tell our brethren. And they told those Jews that they went in and pilfered that city, took everything they wanted. God did that with the noise. God did it with the mulberry trees. God did it with the stone. God did it at creation. God did it as he parted this Red Sea. God did it with manna from heaven. Friend, I just believe God, God in this book, he is always performing miracles. Always performing miracles. God restored through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the eyesight to those that had never seen. Strength to the lakes for those that have never walked. He brought hearing to the deaf. And those that were dead, he raised to life again. And if God could do that through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, God can take care of 2021. I believe God, I do. I just believe God. I don't believe this is a slip up on God. I believe the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. I believe God knows all about the Silicon Valley. I believe this is the, one of the hot places. This is a place that's centering the president right now. You can't have a Twitter account or whatever they're all called. You can't do that. And it's all right here. Guess what? We might be the ripest for revival. People say, well, how is it out there in California? I think people think this is the only place where people sin as they use our internet. I'll tell you how it is. It's getting very, very dark with sin. But if you'll knock on any door, oh, there'll be a few folks that are rude, very few, never like this in my ministry. People are generally right now kind. They're tired of it. They're tired of it. They're tired of the lockdown. They're tired of the consequences of it all. They're tired of the mask. I'm not saying get them off. I'm just saying they're tired of it. And I've found more people willing to talk to you in these days than ever before. Our bus routes, they're begging the buses to go again and run again. I saw a mother yesterday with my wife and that mother, a bus mother, was so thankful for our church and all that this church has done in their life. Every week in my life I meet some former bus kid that used to come and now an adult and perhaps living for God, perhaps away from God. But I tell you what, they always have great things to say. The greatest days of my life, as that young mother just recently said to me in another city, she said, was when I attended the bus at the North Valley Baptist Church. I believe God, they'll run again. I believe God, there can be revival. I truly believe God. I like what Job said. I know 
Job 42 gets to the end. I know that thou canst do everything. God can do everything and anything but fail. I believe it. We get back in that auditorium. We may have to begin drawing plans right away for another 3,000 seats. I believe God. You say, it's not going to happen again. It's never going to happen again. You can think that if you want, but I'm not thinking that way. I believe God. Here was a man by the name of Paul, and he said, I believe God. I, uh, I believe that these are not the days of giving up. These are days where let not your heart be troubled. As Jesus told his disciples, don't get all worked up. These are not days for you to get worked up. These are days to trust God. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. I, I, I wish we had time to go to Mark chapter 8. I see my time is up. I wanted to look at verses 1 through 18 because just, just two chapters before that, Jesus fed 5,000 men and women besides women and children. And now this time he's going to feed 4,000 and they didn't think he could do it. But just two chapters ago, he fed 5,000 plus women plus children. And now you don't think he could feed 4,000? And God says, Jesus said, don't you remember? Don't you remember? Don't you remember, friend, when we used to stand for the flag instead of spit on the flag? Don't you remember when their children basically would obey their parents? Don't you remember when we didn't gossip on the internet against one another before we had no internet? Don't you remember when singing was in church and shouting was in church and praising God was in church? I just believe, I just believe God can do that again. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. I believe in God. I do not believe in Facebook. I do not believe in social media. I do not believe in the news media. I believe in God. I'm sad, yes. By watching people all over America walk out of church. But I'm so encouraged with what I see God's people coming to church. I'm saddened that people are staying home when they should be in God's house. So we don't do well in the car. Well, get over it. Turn your radio on and whatever station here and that station back there and come to God's house. There is a law. I want to be here. I've got to be here. I need to be here. I, I, I don't understand this. You haven't been in church in nine months. That, you better not have been to Costco. Lowe's, Home Depot, Safeway, better stay shut up. No, this has got, say, well, I'm worried about COVID. Then sit in your car, roll your windows up, and don't talk to anybody, and wear a mask and a helmet and a shield, and stay inside by yourself and live that way. But get to the house of God. I'm not just talking here because by and large, our people come. We've got folks all over America. You're, you're pulling out of church. Jesus gave his life for the church. I'd say trust God. I'd say trust his word. I think there's a verse. I, if it's not in there, somebody ought to write this verse. I just believe this needs to be in the Bible. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. I can. I can make it through COVID. Without being a grump, I can make it through whatever the president is. We can make it. We can just, I believe God. I, I think if this is not written, it should be written. I think it's Acts chapter 20, verse 24. In fact, I know it is. None of these things move me. Neither can I my life dear unto myself, so that I finish my joy course with joy. <sighs> it's all over. 
There's no more freedom in America. It won't, it's helpless. We won't, we won't ever be able to smile again. Well, you might as well just die and go to heaven right now. If this is not in the Bible, it'd be a good one. Brother Bertram, if this is not in the Bible, would you figure out how to write this? For we are more than conquerors. Romans 8, through him that loveth us. I'm, I'm convinced, I'm persuaded, neither height nor death nor uh, breath or any other creature shall ever separate me from the love of God. Mr. Biden is not going to separate me from God. I don't even know the lady's name, Harris. I don't know her first name. She's not going to separate me from the love of God. No president's going to. No government's going to. But, but what about Brother Newsom? Well, first of all, let's not call him brother. Let's call him governor. Mr. Newsom is a Newsom. But Mr. Newsom is lost and needs to know Christ as Savior. I don't want that man to spend eternity in hell. Are you kidding me? He's not willing that any should perish. If he's not willing, I'm not willing. I want you to know, uh, if this is not in the Bible, it would be a good one. Someone should write this in 1 Corinthians 15. But thanks be unto God that giveth us the victory. God can give us victory. I believe God. I, 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 I think this would be a good verse in the Bible, Hebrews 13. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, forever. I'm coming to you at the beginning of this year. I don't know what the future holds. It's, it's very difficult these days. It might get much more difficult. But you'll make it. We'll make it. Somehow we'll make it. Why? Paul said, we're going to lose the ship. You're not going to perish. And if we could go to the end of that chapter, they landed safe on the other side. We'll be okay. We're going we're gonna to land safe. We're going to land on our feet here or there. I'm pressing on the upward way. My feet are planted up there, child of God. I want you to know I refuse to live in despair. I refuse to live without hope, without faith, without joy. I don't want to live without peace and the anticipation of good. I don't want to live without revival, without the rapture, without a song. I'm claiming Exodus 14, 14. The Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. Stop complaining. There was this, this president and his wife, they were terrible. They didn't call them presidents, they called them kings. His wife killed prophets. Her name was Jezebel. His name was Ahab. He was a big sissy. She had to soothe him when he was pouting on her bed because he didn't get the, the vineyard that he wanted from Naboth. Terrible king, terrible wife. But one day someone just shot a bow up in the air and an arrow, it just went up, went, went up, went up, went up, went up, started coming down, and lo and behold, in his chariot, it landed right on him, and his life was extinguished. One day, they went into the palace, and the men picked up Jezebel and threw out the window, said, fling her down, and the chariots ran over her, and the dogs came and licked up her blood. Don't forget that God's in charge of these kings. He sets up kings. He tears down kings. 
Don't you ever remember a man that just so brutalized the people of God named Pharaoh? But he's gone. And Hitler brutalized the Jews, but he's gone. And Haman made the gallows for Mordecai, and he hang, was hung on them instead of Mordecai. Don't you remember Korah, who raised up his hand against God, and God said, a God, it's God's command, and, and God says, okay, all right, I'm not going to allow that. And he opened it up, and all 250 men and their families died as the earth opened up and swallowed them up, and they died. God can handle these things. Don't you remember that God handled Reb Shaketh when he went against Hezekiah? And Hezekiah didn't know what to do, so he went to the house of God, went to the place of prayer, and he went to the man of God, Isaiah. So what do I do? And, and God says, and the man of God says, God's going to take care of Reb Shaketh, and he did. Don't you remember Goliath? God took care of him. Don't you remember Joseph? God took care of that situation with his brothers. Don't you remember there was a man by the name of Paul who was a Pharisee? His name was Saul. He was breathing out, threatening and slaughtering against the church and consenting unto the death even of women. And he went bound with letters in his hand on the road to Damascus. And God said, enough's enough. And God did it. Man did not do it. God did it. Let God do it. And God shone down a light and he fell on his knees and he said, Lord, what will you have me to do? And the man became a mighty preacher and wrote most of the New Testament for us. God can do anything but fail. Well, you see, brother, pastor, these are perilous times. I'll shut my Bible and give you hope. These are perilous times. Oh, I know they're perilous times. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. I know they're perilous times. But it may be perilous everywhere, but I'm going to tell you this. I want there to be a place in Santa Clara, California, that's living on the winning side. And if they say we don't go in a building, we can meet in a parking lot. We could just do what we could do and have revival. It doesn't matter because there's a church and there's a pastor that believe God. I love the scripture. Some of you preachers in our church have probably preached in it from Psalm 78. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Can God do that? Dr. Seitler preached the message, God can. God can. I want to tell you tonight, I today, whatever time it is, I believe God. I do. I'm not giving you hype today. I just believe it's all in his control. I just do. I just, I'm not worried. I'm not fretting. I'm not worried about a jail cell. I'm not worried what they're going to do. I don't know what the future holds. I, I don't know how it's going to get worse or get better or when it's going to break, whatever it's going to, but I'm not going to let every day of my life be wasted worrying and fretting and fearful when I'm supposed to be living and I want to live on the winning side. Why? I believe God. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.